name is Jill McCammy, and this is the latest interview in Middletown Centre for Autism's podcast series. Today, I am going to be interviewing Claire Smyton, who's specialist teacher and education manager in the Centre's Learning Support and Assessment Service. Claire is also the parent of a young man with autism. And today, Claire is going to be talking to us about what Christmas is like for her and her son, Jonah, and the wider family circle. So Jonah loves the traditions of his Christmas, Jill, with the emphasis on the his there. Um, he likes to follow the same routine of bringing the tree down from the attic on the 20th of November every year, and it goes in the same place. He loves to find the Christmas television books up in the attic from past years and enjoys making his way through those. He loves the advent calendar countdown to finishing school and of course to the big day and um, dishing out instructions to the family members to arrive at his house at 7.30am on Christmas morning, not a minute before or after, so that we can all enter the living room to see what Santa has left. So some other of his favourite routines are to wear his Christmas pyjamas, but for one night only on Christmas Eve, and then they have to be put away. Baking Christmas cookies and preparing seasonal food from other countries and serving Christmas lunch to family members. He'll say he is the waiter and he will ask you if you want more salt and pepper and put those on for you. But you need to keep a watchful eye because you'll get a lot more than you bargain for when Jonah's the, the waiter. So those are some of the things that Jonah really enjoys about Christmas. And as you say, he's 18. He has a learning disability and attends special school. Great sense of humour and really, really enjoys reading television books from, from past years and the BBC News bulletins. Those are very much preferred interests. But Christmas is a big hit in our house. So it sounds like Jonah has developed lots of lovely traditions of his own, which make Christmas time meaningful and fun for him. Yes. But also obviously very much still needs those routines to give yeah. that sense of security. So yeah. what is then would you say, Claire, that he finds most challenging or difficult about Christmas? So he can, while he enjoys it, he can become overstimulated um, with all the Christmas excitement at times and finds it difficult to regulate his responses to that. So that means at times we can see some behaviours um, where he can become upset, maybe start to cry uh, or, um, you know, slam doors and, and, and shout if it's just become too much. Um, obviously, this year there is less hustle and bustle, although he can find the changes to the school routine at this time of year difficult to manage because naturally there are more unstructured times in school as we approach a holiday. So, you know, there's class party, for example, or maybe some new leisure activities. But the social aspect of that can be really difficult for Jonah. And very often he will keep it together, as it were, in school. But when he comes home, then that can can be shown that he's had a difficulty with that. Um, he can also find it challenging to accept changes to his routine at home, particularly his evening routine, which he likes to remain the same. Um, I find that if he's found a change in routine difficult at school or at home, the fallout then, you know, shows itself with some of those behaviours that I've, I've said to you about. Um, he will often self-soothe by using repetitive phrases from TV programmes to reassure himself. Things like, you know, Peppa said, all will be OK, George. You know, you can do it. 
And I know that this is Jonah's way of reassuring himself um, around some of the changes that maybe have happened in school or at home. And whenever we hear more of that from Jonah, we know that's symptomatic of him trying to manage his anxiety. So he's using somewhat maladaptive skills to help reduce the anxiety um, and by defaulting them to some predictable routines that, that are calming for him. Um, you know, oftentimes parents will say to me, do you allow you know, him to engage in that? And I often say yes, because as long as it doesn't become overstimulating, it can be quite reassuring for him. And that's just a different way for him to try and, and calm himself. He can tolerate um, some types of, of sensory information better than others around Christmas. So um, in terms of Christmas tree lights, they have to be static. If those are flashing or moving in any way, um, he, he doesn't um, respond well to that and he will change the setting on that. He enjoys Christmas tunes as well, but oftentimes gets stuck on some of them by replaying them and stopping them. And, and we'll do that more so we find when, again, if routines are changed for him. Um, so very often then I would try to divert him to some activities where it would involve maybe some heavy work, as we would say. So he has a job board um, where he checks what jobs he has for that day. So things like maybe carrying out the washing out to the line or you know, going outside with him for some fresh air, getting leaves into the wheelbarrow, pulling those across the garden, putting them into the compost tape, things like that, where there's more um, structure around what he's doing, more purpose, rather than just, you know, going back and forth and back and forth to the, to the Christmas tunes. And this sort of heavy proprioceptive input then can really help to help to calm him. And when he comes back in, then usually that routine of um, going back and forth with the, the tunes has, has moved on then to something else. So it's about sometimes just breaking that up a little bit. Um, so I know as parents, very often we look forward, don't we, to having downtime or no structure to your days around Christmas. And we go from being really busy, following a routine to thinking about, you know, a whole PJ day or having chocolate for breakfast. Um, but that sudden change in routine at home can be difficult for our young people to process. And with Jonah, I know that he um, finds that hard sometimes. So if I'm having a kind of a lazy morning at home, he'll say, Mommy, you need to get dressed now. Um, you know, where he's really trying to put some control into the day. Um, and I know when Jonah can manage certain changes to his routine, but he just needs at times a little bit more help in saying that this is mummy's choice and this is okay. But very often I would just write down a time on a whiteboard and say, you know, mummy will get dressed at 11.30 or whatever. So, you know, sometimes it's about giving a bit of control back to get, to give control to get some back um, because there's really no winners in a, in a standoff at all. Um, I would say as well, uh, you know, it, it's good at times to put a little bit of challenge in um, for our young people. Um, so we would use things like make a daily cards or a change in routine card. So for Jonah, because that is difficult for him, that change to routine of his day, we will use a change in routine visual to say there's a change to lunchtime on Christmas Day because mummy and Jonah will go to Nana's house for Christmas lunch. And we'll use sort of familiar type language, you know, so we'll use Nana because that's what we call Nana. Um, we'll maybe have BBC breaking news as the, the template at the top. So that's a motivator for him. And if it's a news announcement like that, he tends to buy into it a little bit more. Um, and then as part of that, then we show him when he's coming back home again. Um, so it is important too to keep some of the home routines the same if you can. 
and then visually show the young person what will stay the same and what's different. So, for example, this year, Friday night is Friday, rather, is Christmas Day. It's on a Friday and that's our pizza night at home. So that's going to have to be changed because Domino's will not be open. Um, and so for that reason, then we'll use, again, a change in routine card to show that Domino's is closed on the 25th because it is Christmas. It will open again on the 27th and then I can order my pizza. So, you know, you're creating some predictability and managing some of the expectations around what Jonah's understanding is of that change. So teaching flexibility. Um, and once we can embed that into our already established routines is a real win situation for both ourselves and for our young people. Um, I think it's important, Jill, you asked about what's challenging for Jonah, but it's very challenging too for parents, isn't it, of young people with autism. Um, I remember when not long after Jonah was diagnosed that I found Christmas time very upsetting, to be honest. Toy stores used to make me feel particularly sad because I could see lots of people going around with their trolleys full, picking up things that um, were going to be of interest to their children. And I knew with Jonah that some of the more sort of conventional toys, if you like, were not going to be motivating for him. And really, he would have very little interest. So oftentimes I would, have, I would leave with a heavy heart and a tear. Um, just to try and locate things that would be of interest. But, you know, that that takes time to become okay with that and to kind of normalise that for ourselves as parents. Um, so we, we kind of need to manage our expectations that whatever's the latest craze doesn't necessarily have to be what our children find um, interesting. They're also individual and we will find some things and um, sometimes more simple things as well that can be just as, as rewarding and, and motivating. Lovely. Thank you, Claire. So yes, in a way, what you're saying is that it's aware. Okay. What are the main changes that you would say you've made to your family Christmas to meet Jonah's needs and to ensure that Jonah can enjoy Christmas? Okay, so yes, there's been lots of changes over the over the years and it is, this has taken time. And I think it's important to say to parents of newly diagnosed um, young people, you know, don't stress that this doesn't happen immediately. It, it really won't. It does take lots of, of um, different routines to sort of try things out. Um, and options, need, different options need to be considered as well so that everybody becomes okay with what their Christmas reality is. Um, and again, it's about not comparing, isn't it, with other families and, and just um, making it as as enjoyable for your family and for the child with autism as much as we can. So it's really about managing everyone's expectations, I think, um, mostly our own around this. I think when we as parents become as content as we can be about the arrangements, we then can take on board the opinions of others then about what they think the day should look like. So my family have accepted that the routine on the big day is mostly always the same for the last 15 years because of Jonah. Um, but you know, they're they're okay with that now. Um, and I think as well, sometimes we do often put pressure on ourselves or we feel guilty if we don't go to family events. Um, but really, if they're going to increase you and your child's anxiety very significantly, they're probably not worthwhile to attend um, because there's there's really no winners there. Um, so I think making a pre or Christmas agreement compromise with family members, you know, prior to the run up to Christmas can help. 
Um, you know, FaceTime calls can be just as enjoyable with friends and family. Using technology um, is something that some of our children really like to do. Setting up FaceTime meetings. Jonah particularly likes that. He, he sent text messages to some of his friends and family members to say setting up a WhatsApp video call. And I mean, that's something that he can manage and handle from a social perspective. And it fits very timely, doesn't it, with COVID and everything else that's going on now. So, you know, it's looking for alternatives um, and not maybe putting pressure on ourselves to um, meet up, you know, in, in houses um, where, you know, the young person might feel a bit more unsettled. Um, even, you know, suggesting a walk in a park, meeting in the park from two to three and go for a walk. And there's a little bit of structure then around um, meeting up with people too. Um, so for, for Jonah, uh, he'll go to Nana's house for Christmas lunch. Um, and this is, a, this is a change for him in the sense that he's normally always there in the early evening. So now he's there at lunchtime. Now he'll want to leave at 7.30, but that's part of the, the deal. So I suppose my family over the years have now understood that certain parts of his routine need to remain the same. So he'll come home then to watch who wants to be a millionaire because that goes on whether it's Christmas or not. And the deal is then um, at lunchtime that he will sit at the family table for some of his lunch um, and he will then have his dessert in the living room and have his own me time then. So again, and, and I remember initially with the family, it was, you know, could he not just stay at the table? Why can he not have his dessert with everybody else? So that took time just to be able to say, well, look, you know, if he's having his main meal, let's reach a compromise here. Let him go and have his time that he needs now. Um, you know, his social cup is pretty full here. So he needs time to, to just come down from all of that and have some time on his own. And after all, it's Christmas and it's his Christmas. And I mean, that now is, is just part of the routine and that's really understood and um, embraced by, by my family, I have to say. Um, they've also learned to accept the way Jonah will respond to receiving gifts and in giving them. Uh, and that's an important thing because, you know, initially, um, after diagnosis as well, Jonah, uh, they would have been buying him things that he probably wasn't that interested in. And then there wasn't that response that perhaps they were looking for because they wanted to see that enjoyment in his face or or that kind of social, appropriate social response. So that took time for them to kind of get their heads around that, that it wasn't reflecting really what he thought about the gift. It just wasn't something that he was able to, to express. Um, so it's about sort of encouraging flexible being flexible around what our expectations are around get, getting a gift and, and giving a gift. Um, so I think it's really as well finding out, well, what do the family really love about what they see Joan enjoying about Christmas and focus on those positives. You know, they know that he loves um, that build up of going into the room to see what the presents are and all of that um, and the FaceTime calls and, and writing Christmas cards and they know those things that he really enjoys. So it's about bringing them along with you in that and giving them the time and the opportunity to be part of that experience as well. I think it's an interesting point that it's about encouraging family members to be flexible because yes. they can be flexible, whereas our children and young people with autism have greater difficulty in being flexible. Uh, so I think that's a really good point that you make there. And it sounds like your family have certainly come around to that. So, Claire, as well as being a parent, you are a professional with plenty of experience in teaching in schools and now more recently in supporting school staff. What advice would you give to professionals as they try to meet the needs of their autistic students at Christmas time? So I guess there's a few points um, here, Jill. Um, again, uh, I really advise collaboration with the parents. 
in managing the transition, particularly of the school holidays, because schools are somewhat busy this time of year, and often you know children go from this very high level of activity from school to home, where maybe there's less going on, and then that sort of shift can be challenging then for our young people to be able to kind of regulate themselves around that. So even a calendar to mark down the school holidays approaching can be useful. You know, keep one in school and even one for home reflecting the time that the school is going to be closed and then showing when the time will be when the school will reopen again. So managing sort of the young person's expectations around that in a structured way um, and giving them some predictability can help to really calm. Um, try to be as consistent as well as possible with the school routine. Um, you know, don't ditch all the usual activities that normally you would be you would be doing on the on the schedule. Um, try and include parts of the daily routine and keep that going over the run up to Christmas. Um, you may want to consider maybe including more calm breaks through the day, and um, perhaps more movement breaks if it's possible, and even some more structured type activities. Remembering that sometimes. When anxiety is raised, providing lots of time for choice or free time or free play doesn't always work well for our young people. Um, and keeping some sort of structure to the tasks as well so that they're very um, self-explanatory and can be independently done by the young person can really help as well to calm. Um, and listen to the parents on what they can tell you about what the young person might enjoy about Christmas and see if you can build that into the routine. So there's certain songs that Jonah likes at Christmas um, and it's about sharing those then with, with the staff in the class and maybe you know that song could go on at the end of the day um, or it could be a choice for him to choose it. So it's about just making sure that we're sharing that information across both um, settings. Thank you Claire, so lots of lovely activity advice there for uh, teachers working in schools at this time of year. So you've given us lots of really useful advice and guidance for parents. So can you just summarize what your top tips would be for parents who are trying to ensure that Christmas can be a calm and enjoyable time for their children? Okay, so Jill, I would say applies perspective really to the whole event, remembering that what someone else's experience or reality of Christmas doesn't have to be yours. Um, so you don't want to be that stressed, anxious parent that may have every part of Christmas in a certain way, but then you're in no place to enjoy it. So that's not going to work for anyone and it'll impact the rest of the family and have that dialogue with family members as early as you can you know about what Christmas is going to look like try and get those arrangements and those compromises in so that when the busyness creeps in that has already been sorted and you you know everyone's familiar with what the routine will be maybe think about creating a Christmas free zone um, while Jonah enjoys Christmas, his bedroom is no Christmas. So there's nothing in there relating to Christmas. I remember one year I bought a Christmas duvet and a tree for his room, but all of that was taken out in the middle of the night and removed. So, you know, he was pretty much telling me that's my bedroom. Christmas doesn't happen here. So maybe think about places in the house that, you know, you don't have any Christmas decorations or anything that will, you know, link in with Christmas just to not to overwhelm. Um, again, you know, sometimes we place pressure on ourselves as parents to use the holidays to teach new skills or introduce new routines. 
this might not just be the time for this and we don't always have to be doing um, that type of thing. Um, if you do want to do something that's really achievable, something that can be achieved by the young person. So, for example, jo with Jonah, we're at the stage now we're working on sh introducing shaving. And this has been in tandem with his school routine. So, you know, we'll take a few days off from that um, and then maybe build it in later on in the holidays again. And that's that's that, that will be OK. Try and build in even some nice calming activities, which can help, you know, support that emotional regulation that we talked about earlier. One of the things Jonah likes to do is he can buy those very large fake snowballs and he likes to blow those back and forth across the table to maybe make a little bit of a game about it going into a goal. And that can really help if I find that he's getting a little bit agitated or a little bit upset, just a little bit overstimulated. It's nice, um, a nice calming breathing, even activity to do. And siblings can join in with that as well, uh, which is a nice activity. Uh, sometimes the, the fun times, you know, for the young person with autism are when they can have time on their own. So schedule time for that and make sure that they, they can have that and they know where to go to get that um, me time. Um, include the siblings as well. Obviously, Jonah doesn't have any siblings, but for those families that um, have more than one child, you know, giving them a time to choose as well what the activity might be and you know, teaching some flexibility to the autistic um, young person that that's okay for someone else to have a choice and someone else to play a game and maybe just manage expectations around that with the sibling, you know, to tell them that your brother can only play this game for five minutes or 10 minutes, but you know, a nice little turn taken contact type game can be a way of bringing siblings uh, together. Um, um, at the risk of sounding very simplistic, it's really isn't it about just enjoying the good times and the simple moments and the little shared experiences. And I'll finish with this. The me time is a must for parents. Um, if you can factor it in, even if it's only for 15 minutes in the day, whether it's to be able to get out for a walk or to go to a different location in the house, have that bar of chocolate that you might want. Whatever it is that works for you to be able to just take time that it's just about you, not as a parent, not as a therapist, not as a teacher, but just about for you. Um, we all need that. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Claire. I think that's so true, isn't it? We put a lot of focus on ensuring that we keep the world and our young people calm, but we need to try and do the same with ourselves, particularly at this very demanding time of year. Yes. Claire, just to finish off, could you tell us what your favourite memory is with Jonah of Christmas time? So that's a lovely question, Jill. Thank you for asking that. I think my favourite memory would be, and it probably is the same every year, when I see the excitement on his face, you know, as he enters the living room. That's just a moment that I love to see. Um, and the routine around that that he's built over the years is what makes him very unique. And of course, that always is brings a smile and is a lovely memory. So he'll sit, you know, cross-legged and work his way through the stocking in a very organised way. All the gifts go in a certain place and the wrapping goes in another. My father actually calls it a military operation because that's how well it's ex executed. So again, you know, we all have our own ways, don't we, of enjoying tra traditions? Um, and these are just Jonas. Um, so he will always say things like, look at that mess Santa's made in the fireplace. And he goes immediately and cleans it up and the fireplace goes back to normal really quickly. So all those sort of um, little uh, quirky, if you like, routines that he's built into Christmas always brings a smile and, um, you know, with the whole family. And these are the memories that we that we, we cherish, really. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's lots I could choose from, but I think just that um, initial going into the room and the little routines that he's established around that bring a smile. And that he still holds the magic of Christmas so close to him is just lovely. And that he yeah. brings it to you and to your mum and dad. It's just perfect. Yes, he really does. Claire, thank you very much for sharing your personal experiences and your personal advice with us today. And we hope that Jonah enjoys every minute of the holidays and all of those precious things that are so important to him and all of those precious routines. And that you and Jonah and your family have a lovely Christmas. Thank you. And Jonah and I would want to wish everyone listening a very happy Christmas as well with lots of good memories. So enjoy everyone. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. And I would invite you all to visit the Middletown Centre for Autism website and our pages on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, as the centre is sharing with you many activities that you can enjoy with your child or your young person during the Christmas period. And also some of the tips that Claire shared today are also shared on our website and across our media platforms. Middletown Centre for Autism wishes you and your families a very happy and peaceful Christmas. Thank you. <laughs>